Good morning. We come to you live this uh, Easter morning to look at the first Passover in the land of Egypt as, it, as Israel was in Egypt at that time. And so, so in looking at this, uh, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 12. And before we turn there, I'm going to read you out of Acts chapter 12. The only time Easter is actually mentioned in your Bible is in Acts 12. Acts 12, uh, verse 3 and 4, your, the King James Version says, And because he saw it pleased the Jews, for he proceeded further to take Peter also, then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quartarians of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now, this word Easter in your Bible is actually the word uh, Passover. That's what it actually is. So we're looking at the first Passover. Here, Easter, how, whatever your regard to the holiday is, Easter was in relationship to Passover. So, so there's not much said in your Bible about Easter. It's, it's actually, like I said, in, uh, to the best I can find in Acts chapter 12. But there is a ton said about Passover. And Passover starts out with the children of Israel in the bondages of Egypt and continues on throughout their generations up to the Lord Jesus Christ and even to the apostles. And we're going to look at this first Passover in Exodus chapter 12, and when I say this to you, I don't want to diminish anyone's idea of Easter. I, I want you to celebrate the Lord. I want you to celebrate His resurrection. I want you to celebrate Him all the time. Uh, His resurrection to me is not a one-time event once a year that I, you know, reflect upon. I reflect upon His death, burial, and resurrection all the time. I want it to become so in my heart that I reflect upon it every day, that it's a continual daily reflection of the Lord that is in my heart to know Him, to see Him, to understand Him, to have this reflection going on inside of me continuously, knowing the Lord. So in Exodus 12, in verses 1 through 14, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be the beginning of months. Consider this, the beginning. Here this month was going to be the, their beginning of months, like a new day. Just consider this, a new day, a new time, a new period had come upon the children of Israel who had been in the bondages of Egypt. So, it shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for 
and house. So we have a lamb for a house. And that's the title of this uh, sharing this message this morning is a lamb for a house. So, so Israel was to take a lamb for the house and it's, it goes on saying, if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next Next unto his house, take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to the eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it from the sheep and from the goats, and ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts on the upper doorpost of the house, wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it unto the morning, you shall burn with fire, and thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Glory to God, this is pretty serious. So God had set forth this lamb to be offered in, in Egypt, signifying they were going to come out through the blood of the lamb. And I want you to catch this. They, they had to go outside of the house to kill the lamb. And they put the blood on the doorposts, and they entered the door with the dead lamb, took the lamb, of course, into the door, but they entered the door covered with blood. They weren't just behind the door, they entered that door. And and so much of this just screams out in my heart. For example, in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 29, this, the Bible reads, The next day John see of Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold! The Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is He of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. So here's why John came. Behold the Lamb of God. See, this whole picture of Israel in Egypt was speaking of the Lamb of God, a lamb for a house. Now, we don't take many lambs today. We have but one lamb, one sacrifice, one offering. 
and that is the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which we partake of daily. We daily should be eating His flesh and drinking His blood. We daily should be considering the Lamb of God. Glory to God. And what great relationship we have with His death, burial, and resurrection. And I want you to turn to another place in John. And this is something the Lord really quickened into my heart. I believe it was late last year, maybe a little bit before, or maybe early this year, but uh, recently. John 10, verses, start at verse 9, Jesus says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I am come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. So, he declares, I'm the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Now, the question I have for you, why would you ever go out the door? Why did Jesus declare he's the door and that through him, if any man enter in, he shall be saved? And shall go in and out. Why would I ever go out of the door who is Christ Jesus the Lord? Well, that question came to my heart. I had my own idea of what He meant. And many times that's our problem. We have our own idea. We have our own definitions. But it's when the Spirit of God takes something and makes it real. And I was sitting before the Lord, I believe one morning, could have been evening, because I, I, I get before the Lord in the mornings and the evenings at, at different times during the day. And the word origin began to just flood my heart, originate. I began to just hear origin, originate, as I was reading this group of scriptures. And as I heard this, I began to study, I began to look, I began to search the words. And sure enough, one of the words and one of the definitions, and I don't have it in front of me right now, but in one of the definitions was the word origin. And I begin to see what Jesus was saying. Ye shall enter into me. I'm the door, so he's the door we enter into. He's the blood-stained door. And the blood is speaking of his death, glory to God, that we were going to enter into his death, and we were going to come out of His death in newness of life. And as I say this, I see the same picture with Noah. Noah entered the ark, and all around Noah was death. He entered that ark. Glory to God. And when he came out of that ark on Mount Ararat, he came out in the newness of life. And see, that's what it meant. You shall go in and out. You're going to come into me. You're going to come into my death. You're going to be baptized, as Paul says in the book of Romans, into my death. Buried with me, Paul writes in baptism. Romans chapter 6. I highly recommend reading Paul's epistles and paying real close attention to what he says in the book of Romans from 
the whole book, but in particular chapters 5 through 8 or 9. Because he says here that we are baptized into His death. He says to the Romans, do you not understand? Do you not know? Have you not understood that if many of you were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death? And a lot of Christians, unfortunately, don't understand this. We enter His death. It's like the children of Israel there. When they entered that door, they didn't escape death. They, they didn't die. The, the plague of death that came from the destroyer that night in Egypt, but they entered into the death of the Lamb. And that's what we do. We enter into the death of the Lamb. And this death of the Lamb is glorious because through this death we are made dead to sin. We are made dead to the world. We are made dead to the old man. In fact, Paul writes in this book of Romans that the old man is crucified together with Christ. Glory to God. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, everybody listen, say, I'm dead with Christ. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Glory to God. Not, with, not unto ourselves, as Paul writes in another place, but we live unto Him. We, we died with Him, we're buried with Him, that we should live in the newness of the life of Christ, that we should as they come out of that house in light of the new day, back those many, many years ago in the first Passover, they came out in a new day, going to a new land, going to a new reality, moving away from the reality of Egypt and coming into the reality of life. Glory to God. That's the same thing we're, we're doing in Christ, but it's, but it's now the true thing. It's now not what God was speaking in type and shadow, but it's now the reality of Christ in us. That we move out from this old man and we now are raised in the glorious life of the Lord Jesus Christ to inherit the full blessings of God that are in Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I skip verses 4 and 5 here, and I'm going to go back here. And, and I've quoted verse 4 a lot in Romans 6. Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. His resurrection. He's raised out from the dead. Glory to God to never die, never be part of the dead again. In Adam all die, in Christ are all made alive. 
So, so this life is in Christ by the Spirit of God. You're made alive in a new creation man. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. Hallelujah. You're made alive. And you have come into the newness of life. And this life isn't your own natural life. It is His life in you. You're quickened together. Paul writes in Ephesians, he says, by grace you are saved. You are quickened together with Christ. That means made alive with Him. When He was quickened in the tomb, when I receive His Word, God through quickening Christ empowers my soul and brings His life into my soul. And now I am joined to the Lord and I live by Him. And not only am I quickened with Him, I am raised, Paul says, and seated with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to understand all of that. I want to apprehend all of that. I want to know all of that. Because everything I was always told about heaven was glorious. Well, here the Apostle Paul says, I am quickened together with Christ, raised together with Christ, and seated with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus the Lord. Glory to God. So my heart is that I might know Him. And Paul says in Philippians 3, he says in Philippians 3 verse 9 in light of this, he says, And be found in Him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto His death. Why? Why? Because in His death I'm dead to sin. In His death all the principalities and powers have no authority over me. So I want to be made conformable to His suffering. I want to be made conformable to His death. If by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead, if by any means I might know the resurrection, I want to be made conformable to His death. Now, who is the resurrection? Notice I said who. I didn't say what. I said who is the resurrection? Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He is the resurrection and the life. So if I'm going to be attained or conformed or know the resurrection, I'm going to know Him. And He's raised out from the creation of the dead, the old man. He's not part of it. So now I know a new man, a new creation in Christ that is the resurrection. It's out from it. I don't have the Scripture in front of me, but somewhere in Exodus, I think around chapter 6, God had dealt with Moses and He told him, He told Moses, I have come down to bring you out of Egypt and up to the land of Canaan. 
a land flowing with milk and honey. So he come down, and I see this picture in Christ, that Christ come down, he being in the form of God, thought it not robbery be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of man to die the death of the cross. He came down, took upon him humanity, and died the death of the cross to bring us out. He's our Passover lamb. He brings us out of Egypt. Out of the bondages of sin, out of the bondages of the old man, out from under the bondages even of the law, to bring us into the glorious life of the Lord from heaven. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. What a promised land. What a place of promise that we should walk in the newness of life. Now, when Israel close that door when they entered in that blood-stained door and they closed it what did they what were they told to do they were told to eat the lamb in John's gospel beginning in John 6 chapter 6 48 John's gospel chapter 6 and 48 Jesus says I am the bread of life Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. Hear this, I am. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat my flesh, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. I will raise him up. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he, shall live by me. Now fast forward over to 1 Corinthians 11, 23. Paul says, writes to the Corinthian church, he says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, eat of my body, eat of me. Every time we open this bread of life, we're eating His body. (laughs) Glory to God, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance, this do in awareness, this do in thought of me. After the same manner, He also took the cup when He had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood that's written in the book of Luke 22. This do ye 
As often as you drink it in remembrance of me, as often as we partake of this new covenant, we are remembering Him. We are considering Him. We are thinking of Him, setting our minds on Him. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till He come, till He be made known in you, till He come forth. Glory to God. That's what He said in John. You eat My flesh and drink My blood. You'll have My life in you. Think, think a little closely what He said in John. We just read it. He that eat of My flesh and drink of My blood dwelleth in Me. Dwelleth in Me. So as I eat of Him and drink of Him, as I... Feast on the Word of God as I get into the Word of God. I give you, you know, many times in our local congregation, I'll say to folks, when I tell them, if I give you anything to do, it's to get in the Word. <laughs> Eat His flesh, drink His blood. It just comes to my mind of one of the prophets of, uh, I believe it was Ezekiel, and it may be in more than one place where the Lord Get, showed him a rope and told him it's going to be sweet in his mouth and bitter in his belly. And this Word of God is sweet to us, but it cuts off that old man. And oh, the outcome of it, though, is the glorious life of Christ. The outcome of it is the riches of the inheritance of God in Christ. So we eat His flesh and we drink His blood till He comes. In Hebrews it says, Lo, I come. Where does he come from? According to the writer of Hebrews, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, for it is written of me. So when I get into this book and I open this book, I'm looking here in this book until the Lord appear, until He come, until He manifests Himself in me. That's what He said to the disciples in John, that my Father and I, we're going to come. And we're going to make our abode with you. We're going to dwell in you. And as the, the disciples didn't understand him, they said, Jesus, how are you going to be manifest to us and not to the world? Because he said, we're going to come and we're going to dwell in you. So when I get into the Word, this is what I do. I sit to see the Lord. I sit in the book to hear Him, to see Him, to know Him, to be filled up with Him, to eat His flesh and drink His blood, that His glorious life fill me up. Glory to God. That's what I do. That's what I want to do with you. I want to have a feast of the Lord. I want to have a Passover feast every time we come together. Eating His flesh and drinking His blood, that's... Till He appeared, the children of Israel in the book of Leviticus and the book of Exodus. And for time's sake, I'm not going to turn there because I do want to share a couple verses, more verses with you. But they would come up to the tabernacle of the Lord. And they would present the offerings, which is speaking again of His flesh and His blood. And in one place in Leviticus, it speaks of them being at the door or the entranceway of the tabernacle. 
And they would stay there and the Lord would appear. The glory of the Lord would appear to them at that entranceway. Speaks of it over and over throughout the book. If you go there and you search it out, you'll find this Leviticus 9, 3 through 6, and Exodus 29, 42 through 46. Just, if you're taking notes, go back there and read it. They would come there and offer the Lamb, looking for the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord would appear there in that tabernacle, the cloud and the fire. See, see, He's not appearing in us. In a, we don't see a physical cloud and a fire, but He appears in us in the presence and life of Jesus Christ. He floods our hearts and our minds with His presence and life until we're conformed to the same image, until we come to the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man. Glory to God! What an appearing of the Lord. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. Just a couple more scriptures here. In When Israel came out of that house, I mentioned before they came out in the light of the new day. So there was a new day set before them. They had entered into that at night. Had ate of the Lamb at night. And they were coming out in the light of the morning, which is speaking of the light of the resurrection. And fast forward over to Joshua, in the book of Joshua, chapter 3. And I know a lot of people have taught for years the chilly hands of Jordan. Brother Stanley, there's a glorious song he, he sung, and I, I can hear him so in my mind at times, singing, Out of Jordan comes life. Out of Jordan comes understanding. Out of Jordan comes a new way of living. And see, that's what was going on at Jordan, was life. See, the, the death was spoken of in the Red Sea when the horse and the rider were cast into the sea. The Egyptian army was overthrown in the sea. Bat, speaking of baptism in the death. But when they come up to Jordan, they were going into a new way of living. A new life. The water of life. You know, the waters there at Jordan, I believe, speak of the waters of life. Out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living water. But in Joshua chapter 3 it says, verse 3, And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near it that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way heretofore. So they were coming into a, a way they had never been before. A way they didn't know in Egypt. A way of bondage they didn't know. They were coming to a land of plenty. A land flowing with milk and water. Milk and honey. A land flowing, that's speaking of the divine presence of God. If you'll go back and search your Bible, and you'll look where God appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you'll find out He appeared to them in Canaan land. That that's where Jacob has the dream. That we've called Jacob's ladder was right in Canaan land, and right there's where Jacob said is none other than the house of God, the Bethel, the Bethel of God, the entranceway of the gates of heaven. And that's what that land is speaking of, of the presence, the divine 
presence of the Lord. So that he was, he, even the Lord said He was going to plant them in His holy habitation. In the sanctuary that His hands had made. This is what Canaan was speaking of. This is what was going on in Israel. They were coming into a new land, a new day, a new place of living. A place unlike they had ever known in Egypt. A place where God was their King and their Provider, their Lord, their Healer. All the names of Jehovah being made known. The I Am that I Am being made manifest, being revealed in the names of Jehovah. Glory to God in the midst of the Lord. In their midst, Jehovah, our righteousness. Jehovah encamped around them. Jehovah in their midst. Now, turn over to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this cause, Paul writes, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with part of God? No. (laughs) With all the fullness of God. There's the Canaan land. To be filled with all the fullness of God. Strengthened with might that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Where's all fullness of God at? Paul writes in the Colossians that in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead, the deity, bodily. Now you are the body of Christ. All His fullness. Walk out the length, the depth, the breadth, and the height. Does it just sound like, I believe in Joshua as well? They were going to walk through the land and everywhere they put their feet, they were going to possess it. Here as we walk into this land called Christ, as we walk into our promised land called the Lord Jesus Christ, we walk in His rest, we walk in His glory, we walk in His provision. Hallelujah. And as we walk in this, we possess it. God allows us to comprehend it, to apprehend what He has apprehended for us in His death, burial, and resurrection as we come into this place and we possess it. And just like Caleb said, I am more than able to possess my mouth. I'm more than able to move into this land and move into what God has given me in Christ. Is that the cry in your heart? To not back up and say, oh, this can't be the truth. But instead to say, Lord, I am more than able to possess what you've given me in Christ. That that day ye shall know, I am in my Father, ye are in me, and I am in you. Are you going to possess that reality? Are you going to come into that land? Are you going to let nothing hold you back from possessing the reality of God in Christ and you in Him? Man, you're talking about a place of rest. 
a place of happiness, a place of joy. Glory to God, that holy place of the most divine God. Yeah, I'm talking about it right now. I'm talking about the reality of it as you even walk in the earth. My God, that you have out of your bellies rivers of living water just flowing into the earth that you can share life with your neighbor. Glory to God as you come and comprehend and apprehend and possess this land. This land called Christ. This Canaan land of promise. Well, I pray this to the edification of the body of Christ. That we fully comprehend Him. That we fully know Him. That we just submit our hearts to the Lord to know Him in His fullness. That our whole being is about this. Father, as we have come together this morning in this glorious service, this Easter service, this time of reflection of Passover and and an acknowledgement of Your Passover that's in Christ, the Passover, Lord, that You gave us to eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Lamb of God that continues on from the ages to no end. This glorious Passover that has no end, this one that Christ has fulfilled. We just come and eat His flesh and drink His blood. We eat the Word of life. Lord, and we drink Your blood, the Spirit of life. We just eat and drink of You. And God, I just pray over everybody, Lord, that their hearts and their minds will be filled with all full assurance of You, that they would know You in Your glory. They would see You in in Your glory, that they would hear You. My God, that You would cause Your people to hear and know. And Lord, I pray over people that have, Lord, been bound up in the fear of what's in this earth today. I pray be of good cheer, for He have overcome the world. And that we are in His overcoming power, His overcoming love, His overcoming grace. My God, that we would minister even to those that are fearful in the darkness. My God, that we would minister this divine life even to those that are in need. Those that are afraid of COVID-19 or afraid of cancers or anything else. I pray that Your divine power would move forth in the earth and heal those, Lord. My God, those that are bound in fear and darkness, those that are bound in sin and disease, by Your stripes we were healed. God, You are our provision. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. God bless you all. And may you have a glorious, wonderful day. Amen.